friends. Welcome to Perfect in Love with John and Kim. I'm John. And I'm Kim. Thanks so much for tuning in again. Welcome to episode three. And tonight, we're looking to talk about being single. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's really weird. A couple of married <laughs> folks talking about being single. So, uh, Kim, why don't you tell our friends a little bit about how old you were when you met your future husband and started dating? I was 17. Oh, okay. So you know a lot about being single. Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we asked for people to provide topics, things we should talk about. And we were talking to our dear buddy, Jake. Uh, and the first thing that he brought up for a topic was for us to talk about singleness and what the Bible talks about it, says about it. And being single versus being married. And we both laughed because what do we know about being single? But we talked about it a little bit after that and kind of what it was like before for both of us and how we had to shift our minds. And so with that, honey, why don't you share a little bit about, you know, no, even though you were young, what it was like for you pursuing the dating world, learning about dating, and you know, being single, and how you kind of went about that, maybe what you dreamt about for in a guy, or, or how you prayed for it, or if you did, talk to us. See, I've told you I prayed for you, like, but back when I was... A teenager I didn't know that um, in middle school junior high even in high school up to my senior year when we started dating I felt like I was the kid or the girl the young lady that was always left out and yes I had dated a few guys and um, you know <laughs> went about my life thinking that that was all grand and everything so I, in the grand scheme of things, I just remember being left out of high school, like watching people at dances and, you know, this person's dating this person. And I was the book nerd, youth in government, you know, Val Victorian that like nobody had interest in. Um, and what didn't help is in middle school, I had bangs and glasses and braces. So <laughs> those things didn't really help either. So. Um, there was a lot of hurt. There was a lot of um, just feeling left out. I mean, there's no other words to really describe it that are coming to mind right now. But um, I, quite honestly, and I've told you this too, I prayed for somebody like you and you told, you, you tell me that you didn't pray for somebody like me, but I always, <laughs> I always prayed for somebody that loved God and somebody that I could have fun with and that could be my friend and i told you when we started dating that i wanted a friend before anything else okay. and that's kind of you know where it kind of stopped and i was 17 when we started dating so okay so man there's a lot in there to unpack and you know i must say it's our third episode and i'm hoping we finally figured out how to tap into you talking more and me less and i'm sure everyone else is too uh, so that was really cool. I, I have follow-up questions. I have a lot of them. I wish I would have taken notes. Um, but one note, I, I've told you that I didn't dream of 
a girl like you to marry. I did start to pray for God to take control uh, just before we started talking and dating. Yeah, I guess I you, used the wrong word, you, but yeah. You were a better Christian than me as all, and you started praying about it right the right way sooner. Um, so you talked about, you know, feeling left out and um, some image things and some identity things were in there too. And so a couple of things. One, do you think you f- were feeling left out of things that you were meant to be included in? I'm sure it may have felt that way sometimes at times. Or were you being left out of worldly things because you were pursuing what God wanted you to pursue? I don't I don't really know. Like a lot of the worldly things are what I wanted and what the world tells you you need. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I really knew what God wanted from me until later on. Um, but it's as a teenager, um, high schooler, we've talked about this too, like school's your identity when you're that age. Like that's what you know. You know your home life, your poss- possibly your church life, hopefully, hopefully your church life, and school. Like your friends, the people, your peers, the people that you're around are important and when you see everybody else doing something and moving quote unquote moving along in life and you're kind of stuck it does give you a sense of feeling left out yeah i I get that for sure i think i was just trying to distinguish you know what what you're telling me and maybe it's just because i know you and what i know about your character Mm -hmm. but i think because of the the world we live in and the culture we live in we're always going to feel that pull to be included in those things that there's going to be hurt there but i i it just i admire how strong you were and and just pursuing what you knew was right i say there were times i wasn't <laughs> uh, oh, you, know. you got to give yourself some credit but, though there that's yeah And, you know, because nobody's perfect, um, you know, some of the scriptures we have picked out for tonight, you know, Paul wasn't perfect, but, you know, he touched on a lot of this and and talked a lot about marriage and singleness. And, you know, so you said something else in there, too. You You talked about how hard it is, you know, being a teenager and wanting to fit in and wanting to be a part of that and... I, I don't think it matters if you're a teenager or if you're in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s or, or older than that and you're, you're, you know, struggling with being alone or finding somebody. Um, you know, yes, we, we got married young. We started dating young. We, we found each other and, and started discovering that at a young age. But like you said, you know, before that, you felt missing out. I felt like it was going to take forever. You you, yeah. you didn't you didn't want to not find somebody, you know. And I think most people in you know in that position feel that way. We have we have friends and peers and people we know who 
who have struggled and struggled with singleness. And I think the only the only fix and the only way through that, I don't think there's any way through without hurt and hardship. But as we know, and we can read to, and many different scriptures in the Bible, we're not called to easy. We're not called to a life without hurt. We know that's going to happen. But the only way through it is to be deeply rooted in the word and deeply rooted in faith and in the spirit. And, you know, being there isn't going to find you a spouse. Um, No amount of prayer is going to find you a soulmate. I don't care how many Hallmark movies you've watched. I don't care. Nicholas Sparks. Nicholas Sparks movies (laughs) or books. Um, Which, by the way, you know, I'll continue watching those with you the rest of my life if needed. But they are such a I feel like I've seen way more than any man is called to see. I'm just going to say that. (laughs) Um, Anyway. But it it doesn't matter how many of those stories you've seen. The Bible tells us, and Scripture tells us, not everybody's called to be married. Yep. Period. Um, and not everybody should desire that if, if they're not called for that. Um, you know, Paul talks right in, in the Scripture that we're going to get to here in a minute. Uh, marriage presents its own troubles mm-hmm. and, and hardships and trials that singleness doesn't have. We've already touched on and talked about that it's hard to be left out of what the world tells us we need to be. And we talked about that in the first episode with kids. Um, But in spite of that, even having that and being what society calls normal has all new set of circumstances that are difficult. So. And, and maybe you can dispute that. Maybe, you know, so you found the love of your life. You found Prince Charming, this wonderful, wonderful guy. Everything was easy and perfect from there, right? No. Oh, no. So. Before we go any further, I thought you were going to tell a little backstory about you, too. Okay. Well, so you were 17, which means I was 18. And which means I was an adult and I could make what the world would determine to be adult choices. And so being a 18 year old male, 400 miles from home and family and where I grew up, a college town, a college campus, I was definitely 100% in my Bible every day and just pursuing and praying about what the Lord wanted me to do. Eventually. No. See, that, was, that was not that's not even close. No, you know, I had a couple of high school girlfriends and you know what I I always just I think I, I wanted to be married. I think I wanted a family from you know the time that girls weren't gross. I don't know what age boys aren't gross, but um, you know, girls weren't gross for me at a very young age, so and I was really good at making friends. And I think frustratingly so, um, at, at least at the time, 
I was really good at getting girls to be friends with me. Yeah, making friends, yeah. And and so I would, you know, I'd meet this cute girl and I'd start talking to her and, and you know, thank you. I, I was blessed with the ability to just talk to anybody and was never scared to talk to a girl. And for whatever reason, over and over again, um, it can't be for a lack of good looks and charms. I don't know what it was, but, you know, girls weren't really that interested and in, other than being friends. And so that can that can create hurt and frustration. And it really wasn't until I got into college and I got away from home. And I just started realizing I was pursuing for all the wrong reasons. I wasn't wasn't praying about it I wasn't you know I didn't think I was actively doing anything bad but I think the problem was two things one is you know anybody who is a Christ following devout saved Christian is um, we know that you know there's a certain way that we're supposed to live and that we're supposed to pursue the Lord and um, that we're all sinners that need saving and at that point in my life like I'd heard all that and I kind of understood it and I had you know and, I, and I've shared in other times and, and testimonies accepted Christ but I had accepted it in a way that was like a get out of jail free card kind of way like okay I accept that there's heaven and hell there's God that Jesus came he died for us he did this um, and I don't want to go to hell so yep you know that's sign me up I'm in but I didn't understand the whole piece of it like that you're supposed to be changed and that your life's supposed to be changed and you're supposed to live different and, and really how Jesus lived and and anything about the Holy Spirit because I, I at least as far as I remember the church I grew up in we just didn't talk about ghosts like it wasn't <laughs> a thing like, and and maybe I, I didn't listen well because I was that kid in church so you know so there was that like I, I just wasn't there yet and, and I needed to find that and, and I found it a little bit more um, just before we started dating that year and I really fully attribute that and the change in my behavior into being ready for that relationship and and finding that and of course the Lord did that. But the other problem was this. You know, I didn't think I was doing anything wrong and I thought I was living pure. But truthfully, the only reason I was so, you know, quote unquote pure is for lack of opportunity <laughs> like I, I can't say that I would have been any better at that particular juncture anyway you know if there were you know better opportunities I, and I'm not saying there weren't some I, like I would I was okay but I was far from being guarded wearing the full armor of God of God you know out with me so um anyway so I was I was a bad person and I don't even remember like what day it was what happened in particular that like bumped my head and 
and knocked me closer to the Lord. Um, it's probably a really cold walk in Marquette. I, that's the way that I can figure. Um, but at some point, I found and just had a good talk with God. And I prayed and I said, listen, I, I don't know what I'm doing. You know better than me. I don't know what's supposed to happen but you do and I'm just trusting you I'm going to quit looking I'm going to seek you and I'm going to be me and it must have been less than a week that we started talking and for me it was like wow no I'm not really looking right now <laughs> and uh, that was you know, the last thing on my agenda when you started right. talking to me so um, yeah here we are Yep. So we talked every day from that first day, November 2nd. And I'm not sure if full 24 hours is when um, where we haven't at least texted or yeah. talked. There's yeah. been some business trips and times in recent years where things have been crazy. But I'm pretty sure we've always communicated in some form every day. So, yeah. So that that's where I was and how I handled it. And I was terrible at it. And so I have... A lot of respect for not respect that's not the right word but um empathy that's the word i'm looking for for people who you know are struggling with singleness and, and not having that person or who have lost that person and, and haven't found a fill for that void but i i think you know just like any other issue or any topic we could possibly talk about the answers come back to scripture every time 100% of the time so um, Paul says a lot about it and we plucked some some stuff or at least I did and I shared the notes tonight we got a new setup I built a new desk before we recorded this and so Kim can see the computer screen and so she knows everything I know your plan you know the plan so do you want to do some reading or do you want me to? You can, that's fine. Okay, you want me to. Okay, so Paul, uh, in his letter to the Corinthians, First uh, Corinthians in chapter 7, um, seven, chapter 7, if you aren't familiar with it or you haven't read in a while, like, it's all about, I mean, in this, this particular Bible that I'm reading out of right now, the chapter's titled, Instruction on Marriage. So, like, there's an actual instruction manual on marriage. Now, this is the, uh, it's called the Man's Everyday Bible, I think. Yeah. 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 And it's a New Living Translation. So, if you're picking your Bible up, it's probably not exactly worded like this one. But this, you know, if you can find this one, I know our listening audience so far is like 17% male. So, for both of you that's out there. Uh, find this bible it is like the guy's instruction manual to life so anyway chapter seven paul starts now about the questions you asked in your letter yes it is good to live a celibate life but because there is so much sexual immorality each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband so that's the first two verses right there how it opens what do you do? You hear anything in that in particular? It just each male and each female will have their own spouse. Okay. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I mean, and we could dive into all sorts of crazy political stuff that we're not going to do in that. Yeah. But um, here's the one thing in particular that I just wanted to like. So he starts, you know, he says, but because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife, each woman should have her own husband. So let's give a little bit of context. Like this is first century Rome, you know, in that era that, that Paul's writing these letters, that Paul's in his ministry. So this is 2000 years ago. So for those of you who are like, the world's gone to nothing, everything's terrible, it's sexual immorality now because of smartphones or video games or computers or the internet or or whatever. We didn't know how to control ourselves 2,000 years ago. Yeah. It's not a new problem. Like, <clears throat> we go through all this scripture, and, and I'm not going to read all of chapter 7 and all of Ephesians tonight. You can go back and do that, and in fact, you should. But Paul basically says, we can't control ourselves. I know you're not going to be able to. Some of us can. I'm destined to stay single, but you're probably not. So find yourself a husband or wife. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. basically what he says there. So he goes on right in there to talk about... Um, Husband should not deprive his wife of sexual intimacy, um, which is her right, and vice versa. The wife should not deprive, um, is, unless they're going to do it, you know, deprive each other, is an agreement to give themselves more completely to prayer. Pretty good reason. But even after that, he says, afterward, they should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt them because of their lack of self-control. So, like, every four sentences, basically, Paul's going to say, hey, you have no self-control, and we know it. Okay. So, again, 2,000 years ago, we already knew that that's basically what marriage exists for. In fact, in the notes in here, it says, marriage is the place for sexual expression and fulfillment. Our bodies don't belong to us, they belong to God. But here, Paul is saying that they also belong to our spouses. If we seek sexual fulfillment outside of marriage, we will find ourselves in the trap of selfish pleasure seeking. If we belong to God and our spouses, we have the potential to act in ways to bring them great joy. So that shows us what marriage is built for. Now, later in the chapter is kind of where it connects to our, our topic. Um, and he talks about singleness. He talks, does a couple of times throughout the chapter. Um, really at the end is where it, it really hits as to why. And interestingly enough, he encourages... He encourages singleness. Um, he encourages singleness. Yeah. So he basically says... Um, you know, and, and you need to back up through so much of this to really get the full context and all of it. But in verse 26, because of the present crisis, I think it is best to remain just as you are. If you have a wife, do not end the marriage. If you do not have a wife, do not get married. But if you do get married, it's not a sin. And if a young woman gets married, it's not a sin. 
However, I'm trying to spare you the extra problems that come with marriage. Like, he's basically saying, listen, you don't need this. <laughs> this is not what we're called for. And and he goes on to talk about it. And basically what he's saying is the world is short. The world that we live in now is short. And our design is to be able to give our full attention to God and our full focus to God. And if you're married, you're going to focus and you're going to spend time on worldly things trying to make your spouse happy. So basically what he's saying is the only way that you should get married is if you don't have enough self-control to stay sexually moral. Yeah, okay. That, that's that, that's, what, that's scripture. what scripture says. Yeah. So he also says uh, some of us are destined to be single and are given the gift of singleness some of us are giving the gift of marriage and I think it's important to recognize not only do we need to accept whichever gift it is that God has given us we need to recognize that they're both gifts and it's it's not like Christmas morning when you see your sibling opened the sweet new video game or toy that you wanted and you just opened a sweater or a pack of socks. They're both awesome. They both have struggles too, but yes, they're both awesome. Right. Yeah. So, there you go, Jake. That's what the Bible says about singleness. That's what John and Kim say about it. That's what our experiences were with it. And uh, we're going to get in more in these episodes of what our experiences have been as a married couple. And then you'll further understand what the struggles are in that as well, I'm sure. We should pray. Okay. You want to pray? No. No? Okay. I'll pray. Father, we love you. We're thankful for you. We're grateful for you. And we're grateful for the gift you've given us of marriage. But we pray that you allow us to use that gift properly and correctly. And also that within that, we can keep our focus as much on you as it's supposed to be. That we don't allow our focus on each other to get in the way of our focus on you and glorifying We pray right now for all of our friends that are struggling to accept whatever gift it is they've been given or struggling to patiently wait and find out if they've been given the gift of marriage and if they have a spouse out there. Your scripture says not to seek a wife or a husband. I know firsthand that that was the way for me was to stop seeking and to focus on you and you've delivered through your will what it is that I'm supposed to do. I pray that for each and every one of my friends and family to just know and to embrace what it is that you have in store for them. I pray for peace 
over decisions that are going to be difficult tough I pray for everyone out there to hear this and to just turn closer to you Lord and to know that you're there I pray for our words to be what you would have be heard and what your people and your kingdom need let us just be vessels for you let us live and be controlled by the Holy Spirit. To your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you, friends. It's uh, been a quick 30 minutes. So we're excited to dive into future topics. I'm particularly excited. Our next episode, you're going to get to hear a lot less of me. Oh, you're giving it away already. Yeah, oh, I'm giving it away because I want them to listen. I want them to tell their friends. This was another topic request. So topic request from a dear friend of ours, Annabelle. Um, we're going to hear all about what has went into Kim's skating life and her call to skating. And it is a ministry. And uh, we're going to let her take the lead on that and decide where that podcast goes. So without further ado, stay tuned for that podcast coming up. And uh, thank you. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, please. Share, tell your friends, continue to give us feedback, and you will hear from us very soon. Good night. Good night. Good night.